Good evening, happy Monday, and welcome to the Stephen Knight Show. Hope you're having a great one. We're going to try our best to make it better for you tonight. Tonight, we welcome the very talented Shailon. She has a brand new single uh, out available now. Make sure you check it out. Uh, then in Hot Times, breaking down everything everyone's talking about. Uh, Donald Trump, he got hit with 37 counts um, uh, for his uh, handling of classified documents. Find out how he's reacting and if he says he will drop out the election. Then Amber Rose is speaking out after her fight with Jocelyn Hernandez on College Hill Celebrity Edition. Uh, she's speaking about her, how she identifies from a racial uh, standpoint. She's got some criticism because she's saying she's biracial and people are saying that she's black. Find out what she's saying. Then there are rumors that Khalees and Bill Murray, he's 72, she's 43, they're dating. Find out what Khalees had to say about that. And then Brittany Griner, she uh, was harassed by a YouTuber at the airport who was asking her, uh, does she still want to boycott uh, America? And the WNBA and her team are both speaking out, uh, find out what they had to say. We're Mondrell all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, our official website, thestephennightshow.com. Rather watch is going on our YouTube channel, The Stephen Knight Show. When we come back, the question of the day and hot topics right back after this.
This is your girl, Angie Stone, and you're listening to The Stephen Knight Show. Keep it locked. Welcome back to The Stephen Knight Show. Hope you have a great Monday. Tonight we have a great guest. Uh, her name is Shylon. She's here with a new single 
talk about her career and everything that she has going on. Definitely a great interview. So stick around for that. Uh, what are my drill over social media? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Of course, our official website, thestephenightshow.com. If you'd rather watch us, go to our YouTube channel, The Stephen Knight Show. And we're all over social media, TikTok included. Um, as you know, it is June. Uh, so that's Black Music Month. It's where we celebrate the achievements of um, of um, Black people in music in all different genres, jazz, blues, gospel, R&B, hip-hop, and more. And, you know, I interviewed um, Angie Stone last week, and she said that we should have at least six months out of the year of um, the Black Music Month because she said we contribute a lot to music. So she said she'll just do one month. But anyway, uh, family, how y'all doing? Y'all doing good? Doing great. Good, good, good. <laughs> All right, well, listen, our question of the day is, if your, if your child was switched at birth and you found out when they were 10 years old, would you want to keep the child that you've raised or do you want your biological child? I'll ask you, Anil, you're the mother. I want the one that came out of my vagina. <laughs> the yeah. one I can't read. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I want yeah. that one. That's the one I'm supposed to have. Um, I I know that I, yeah, I want the one that I carried. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's yeah. A tough one. What about Sorry. you, G? <laughs> what about you, G? Biology all day long. Biology. Oh, yeah. This is why is this a question? I, I'm just curious. It's a good one because I was I, I, a friend came over last week. We were talking about some of the questions. This is actually a recycled question from years ago. But I think that's a good one. Like, um, there was a case where the woman, she stole the child um, from the hospital when she was a baby. And, um, she, you know, the daughter found out later on, and she maintained a relationship with both, her biological mm. mother and the one that kidnapped her. Um, but I just thought it was a different, different one. Mm. I think um, a lot of people said on Facebook they would want both. They want both kids. But that's just greedy. That's just greedy. <laughs> right. Because I'm thinking if they were switched to birth, the, the other parent needs something, you know, needs a child too. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So anyway, I, it was, it was a, well, I mean, I know, I mean, but the most recent one is the black girl that went mm -hmm. through that. Yeah. And, and her, the lady who kidnapped her, like, really raised her. Like, yeah. really, like, she did, like, she had a good life. Yeah, and she found out who her real mother was. It was like shell shock for her because it was like they were super ghetto and not, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't what she was was used to. She right. was used to suburbia and and people who knew how to enunciate all of their words. So right. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, tweets at home. Let us know what would you do. All right. Well, Donald Trump is is letting it be known that nothing will stop him from running from the president uh, presidential race in uh, 2024. Sorry, uh, 2024. Uh, Trump um, had a conversation with Political Saturday and said that he will continue his 2024 run for the White House, even if he's federally convicted on 37 counts related to his handling of classified documents. He said, I'll never leave. Trump said in an interview on his private plane. Look. If I have, if I would have left, I would have left prior to the original race in 2016. That was a rough one. In theory, that was not doable. As previously reported, Trump made a video addressing his second indictment saying 
Very sadly, we're in a nation in decline, and yet they go after a popular president that got more votes than any other sitting president in history of our country by far, and did much better the second time in the election than the first. That can't uh, stop because it's election interference at the highest level. There's never been anything what's happened. I'm an innocent man. I'm an innocent man. Trump went on uh, to say how he feels like he's being hit with these indictments because he's beating the current president, Joe Biden, in polls. He said, they're coming after me because now we're leading in polls again by a lot against Biden and Republicans by a lot. Uh, but we are leading against Biden by a lot, a tremendous amount. And we went up to a level that the way they figured they'll, uh, they'll stop us is using what's called warfare. And that's what it is. This is warfare for the law. And we can't let that happen. Our country is going to hell and they're coming after Donald Trump. Now, it's pretty reported. Uh, President Trump was indicted in New York City in April on criminal charges ar arising from alleged hush money paid to adult film actress Stormy Daniels to avoid a scandal ahead of the 2016 U.S. Um, election. The Wall Street Journal previously reported that Trump personal lawyer Michael Cohen had arranged a payment of $130,000 to Daniels in exchange for her signing a non-disclosure agreement that prevented her from discussing the alleged affair publicly. Daniels later filed a lawsuit seeking to invalidate the NDA, claiming that it was invalid because Trump himself never signed it. The lawsuit also alleged that Cohen had defamed her by insinuating that she had lied about the affair. So, uh, CK, first of all, are you surprised that Trump is still going to move forward with it, with his um, his running for the uh, presidency? Not at all. Not at all. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I want to quote uh, uh, a friend of the show and a, a former guest of the show, uh, Auntie Cece Peniston. Finally, it is happening to me right in front of my face, and he's going to jail. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 You know so, what? Go ahead. Let me. I, I just want to say this. So <laughs> he is like Groundhog's Day. It's the same playbook every time. It's the same set of moves every time. Yeah. Now that the, the 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 ramifications are greater, he's now moving bigger, but it's the same moves every time. He mm -hmm. took a picture of the courthouse down in Miami and he gave the address and the time to be there, the time that he has to be there tomorrow. Mm -hmm. He wants the crowd to come in protest. So he's basically asking for a repeat of January 6th all over again. Right. Why can't this man realize that the things that he's doing come back to bite him? So he doesn't think that what he just did about tomorrow is going to show up in the case for January 6th. They're going to compare them and be like, look, this is his playbook. What is wrong with him? Well, he's never been held accountable for anything. So well, he, the day is thinks, here. The day yeah. is here. Yeah. And they said these are some serious charges, which he, which he's. Oh, facing. yeah. So serious. I listened to, um, uh, this guy named Ali Velshi, and he's from MSNBC. And pretty much, uh, Ali read out the whole indictment, like all pages of it, 49 pages or something like that. And that's, it's deep. Mm -hmm. It's deep. Yeah. Linnea, and um, the people that are running against him, his um, fellow Republican, they're all defending him. All but Nikki Haley finally said something about today, if he did it then. And oh, and Chris Christie, he's definitely because uh, his his whole mission is to take down Trump. Um, 
Why do you think that they're continuing to support him even though they're running against him? Most people are like, yes, he's gotten indicted. He's not going to win. He, you know, let's use this against him. But they're defending him, saying that it's it's all political. So stupid people don't know that they're stupid. <laughs> so it, it's funny. I, <laughs> Chica and I already had this conversation early. <laughs> and that ninja sent me down a rabbit hole earlier where I ended up watching all these stuff. And then I became acquainted with, what was his name? Jack Smith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't went down a whole rabbit hole that I got a headache watching all of these videos because it just sent me down one hole after another. You know, when it comes to um <laughs> I don't know if anybody watched the Tony's like, but there was a young lady, an a black actress, um, she was doing a, um she was presenting last night. <laughs> And she was like, you know, in my from in my hometown of Florida, you know, our grand wizard, I mean our governor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that clip. Um, which was hilarious. It was a hilarious moment to break up all this nonsense that's going on. But someone made a point in in the rabbit hole that I was down earlier between DeSantis, uh uh Toofy, Gummy, Tim Scott. Oh yeah, uh, Mike Peasy, uh, and 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 Nikki Nothing, and Fat Boy, right? None of them, none of them are touching his numbers. None mm. of them are even hitting the numbers that this nut is hitting. None of them. So he know he ain't got nothing to worry about with them. Absolutely nothing. No matter whether they decide to turn on him or not. He has solidified his core of insurgents, yeah. terrorists, because that's what they are. He's solidified that to the 10th power. And I, I, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow at this courthouse. But if it's anything like what happened on January 6th, that needs to be more added on to these charges. And, you know, he 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 thumbs his nose up at, you know, New York and, you know, Attorney Bragg, what's going on over there. But as Chica and I discussed earlier, and as a young lady said, as I was in the rabbit hole, these is fed charges. They ain't coming after you unless they got something. Yeah, exactly. Period. Yeah. So he played, it's a game that he playing. And he don't think that he can be touched. He right. thinks that he is un. He really thinks that he is untouchable. Mm -hmm. And until somebody proves him wrong, yeah. I just, I just want to say that that I can see why he may think that there's a glimmer of hope, and that's because the judge assigned to this case is yeah, a judge boy. that he put in that seat. Mm -hmm. So, and it's the same judge that they had problems <clears throat> with before. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, and he continues to fundraise off all this. He fundraised all this. I, I saw, I was, they were interviewing some Trump supporters today on the news, and they were saying how strong he is and how the Democrats are crazy, keep trying to bully Trump, but he gets stronger. With, I'm like, these people are ridiculous. They're ridiculous. So, Stephen, I, I suggest that we, since we do sell merch, you know, here's, here's my Stephen Nice show. Uh -huh. Why don't we have some, some, some 
Stephen Knight show water, we can sell people. Right. <laughs> yeah, like that Reverend dude. Uh-huh. The name water. And you can sprinkle it and drink it, and then you get like a check for like $10 million. Apparently, people will buy anything. They will. Absolutely. Yeah. A little bit of my pee in it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That'll really sell it. All right. Well, we'll see what happens tomorrow. But yeah. Uh, so in the aftermath of Amber Rose and Jocelyn Hernandez physically fighting while filming College Hill Celebrity Edition at Alabama State University, the slut walk activist is further speaking on her racial identity. And she also addresses some comments she previously made on the matter. In fact, Amber's clarifying that she never denounced her blackness and instead is proud of her entire family heritage. Amber addressed the situation over the weekend via Instagram story. She started off by noting uh, that her critics, she says, know exactly what she was saying in regards to her mixed identity. Bruh, the internet is remedial as F. Y'all know exactly what I was saying as a mixed person not fitting in anywhere on both sides. And now y'all want to act like I hate my blackness, my hate being in black spaces, GTFO. The internet is trying to bully me because I'm black and white. What the F is wrong with y'all? Amber then uh, noted that the bulk of the criticism criticism appears to be related to a brief clip from a 2015 interview she did with Hot 97. I never denounced my blackness. I don't understand where people are getting that from. A five second clip, watch the whole interview. Uh, Rose went on to say that um, our haters perpetuating hate, racism, colorism, while she's simply trying to claim both sides were family. She proclaimed that she's proudly identifies as black and white, mixed and stated, if you don't like that, suck my D. Oh, actually she noted, um, she noted, actually I lied, I'm from another planet, F y'all. For further context on the Hot 97 clip, she sat down eight years ago um, and it involved Amber being asked whether she was a biracial woman or identifies as black. In turn, Amber declared, I don't consider myself a black woman, absolutely not. She went on to explain that she has an Irish-Italian father and a Cape Verdean mother. Um, she proudly considers herself biracial. Amber also pointed out that she embraces everything about her heritage. She said, I embrace everything I am. I don't feel like I'm more, I'm more one thing than the other. Now, uh, the Shade Room was reported that the entire situation came up at ASU classroom after Amber declared, I don't fit in white spaces, but I also don't fit in black spaces either. In return, Jocelyn accused her of really wanting to be a white girl before stating, you really don't even want to be black. Amber then got up and attacked Jocelyn, uh, though the actual fight wasn't shown on camera. After the incident aired, people overwhelmingly began to side with Jocelyn online. To support this stand, some pulled out the clip above, uh, a clip of where Amber was saying she doesn't identify as a black woman. However, an additional context of her speaking on being proud by a racial woman was left out prompted Amber to clap back and clarify her situation. So on uh, College Hill Celebrity Edition, um, I liked what they were doing this year because they went to HBCU and they took a lot of classes on, on, um, on you know, Black history, et cetera. And so they were having an open discussion and she was talking from her standpoint as a, as a uh, biracial woman. And of course her and Jocelyn got, um, got into it because Jocelyn, they felt Amber felt like Jocelyn was picking her the whole time, like throughout the show. Um, and so that was, I guess, the final straw. But um, 
what do you think about this? Do you think is can she identify as everything or does she have to identify as a black woman? How should she get? Um, I mean, that is her identity. She can identify with, you know, how she feels. However, uh, she has profited off of the black dollar. And that's where I have an issue with that. But I am not her. She can identify with whatever she wants. But you can't you can't reap the benefits of being black, but not own it. Because the world, the constitution looks at you as a black woman. That's what you are in this country, whether you want to be that or not. So I understand her identity, but that's just that. It's it's her, it's her own identity. She's dueling it out with herself. But the world and your pocketbook says black. And I just want to add one more thing. It must have been a lot going on with Miss Jocelyn lately because she's been, she's, she's stay away from her, y'all. Stay away from her. And you know, the, the crazy thing, I watched College and I watched the last um, season. Mm -hmm. They had another one. I was like, oh, I'm watching. And everyone on the show is very likable. Like, the more, at first, Jocelyn came off, she was not very likable. She was being her, her same old self, but then she opened up and then they started getting along. And so it just, it did throw me when she went off of Amber, because even when she was saying, she said, we've been getting along all this time. You know, Jocelyn said that, and Amber said, you're disrespecting me, you know, and she was doing it in front of the whole class. Mm -hmm. which is not just the cast, it's other students as well. And even the mm -hmm. professor was like, Jocelyn, stop. Jocelyn, stop. You know what I mean? And then eventually Amber got up. Because she first, Amber had left the classroom the first time. Jocelyn said something smart just to kind of take a breath. Then she came back in and then they were going on. She said, I'm not going to let her get to me. And then that happened. But here's the thing Kyle Chill did. They promoted that fight since day one. Mm -hmm. Day one, they promoted that fight. They kept showing the clip, right? But they did not show it on the actual show. They said, I respect for the school. Mm -hmm. So people felt a little slighted because they didn't get this, because they've been promoted. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, anyway, what are your thoughts on this, Lynette? First, I'm going to say this a production company going to do what a production company does. Mm -hmm. Promoting that fight was to draw you in, to have mm -hmm. you watch it. And then the thing was, oh, but we didn't want to disrespect the school. You already disrespected the school. Right. Period. Mm -hmm. um, no shade to Amber Rose, but she doesn't add any value or substance for me, period, in anything. Like Chike said, she um, she uh, she gets to ride the coattails of the culture. Um and you get to enjoy the perks of that. And you don't even, I don't even know what you do outside of the fact that everybody said you was a stripper. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you can, you can benefit off the culture, but then you can want to toe that line when it's convenient for you um, as other people do in that position. And I call bullshit. Um, as far as Jocelyn, this has always been her M.O. Um, when it comes to her just wilding out. Anything that she's been of, been around or been a part of, just know following that is going to be some sort of altercation involved. And now that she's with this particular dude, he ain't got no problem with laying hands on a woman. He don't. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we already know she just got hit with four counts yep. from, the, from the situation that just happened with uh, Big Lex. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some people, you know, for whatever reason, she has she has a following. And people, you know, are going to bat for her, but you're not really looking at, I don't, I just don't get the shows that create these environments and then want to be hands off. Mm-hmm. Oh no, we don't promote that. That's not, you know, I, it's in these women that go on these shows. I just saw a clip of, I guess, whatever that, I guess it's the housewives where Candy and Marla was about to go at it. Like mm-hmm. y'all grown women. Yeah. Grown women with with grown children, mm-hmm. like that's really how you and, and especially when when Candy was just at the Tonys, right? Like, that doesn't match. That doesn't match. Mm-hmm. But I, who am I? I ain't got no Tony. And I was going to say we we met Jocelyn. Uh, we 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 were at a, in the same space with her. She seemed very sweet and very nice. That she didn't seem edgy or mean or. It was none of that. Yeah. You know, like I said, you know, she became very likable, especially after like episode two. You know what I mean? Um, and Bate, who is really a very likable, New York, a Tiffany Paul, she is very likable. She don't even look like herself anymore. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. But, um, but they were talking, they did this um, in one of the classes, this thing where they strip away. They like to take something to strip away. Who is the real you? And Jocelyn yeah. talked about, um, you know, stuff that she had to strip away, the nails, the clothes, all that stuff. She said, because that wasn't how I grew up. And, and then Tiffany was saying that the New York um, persona, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and they all talked about certain things like that. But um, Jocelyn, she just celebrated, I think it was last week, she did her first performance. And she said it was the first time she performed. Um, so so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, she broke down crying because she says usually she's had cocaine or weed or alcohol or something, but this time was sober. And so I hope she pulls it together because she's a mother too. She's a mother too. I think she was sober with that fight. Mm-hmm. That, and that mugshot was horrible. That mugshot says, yeah. I was high. Right. I'm yeah. still high. Uh-huh. Something. Yeah. And that man that she with ain't helping. Mm. Let's call let's call a spade a spade. Yeah. Like, cause he really wasn't trying to break up that fight. Neither was them other Negroes that was around. Like mm-hmm. that's the that's the part that really grinds my gears. You know, when you have these grown men just around and then the chick boobies is just out. Nobody yeah. cover her or nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. But you recording now. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. recording. If yeah. if people were if there was a thing to where if you recorded something and you could have helped and it was a law where you can get arrested, I guarantee you people wouldn't be recording because they could trace it back to you. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Cleese is reacting to reports that her dating 72-year-old Bill Murray. Uh, as the Chamber of Proofs report, the 43-year-old has been spotted multiple times with the actor recently. Additionally, the two have been rumored to have been getting close for a while. 43-year-old they say rapper, I took to Instagram over the weekend to share a photo of her enjoying a beach day. In the photo, uh, Khalees sported a multicolored bikini, body chain, and a plethora of jewelry. Uh, she shared a brief caption with the photo, I'm a beach bum. Instagram users wasted no time hopping on her comment section under the photo. One user said in particular, ma'am, are you? do you care to address the Bill Murray allegations? Because damn, what are you going to do with all that? 
police responded, uh, uh, provided proving that addressing the allegations is the last thing on her to-do list. She put, LOL, no, babe, I wouldn't bother at all. Now, the Shade Room, they reported that uh, the most Shade uh, rapper and Murray were most recently spotted at one of the London concerts in London. One of her concerts in London, excuse me. Uh, the sighting arrived as Murray was previously spotted at other police concerts. Additionally, the actor and rapper were reportedly uh, staying in the same hotel while in London. According to the report from The Sun, uh, the pair have bonded since the passing of Felicia's husband, Mike Mora, in 2022, and Murray's reportedly suffered a similar tragedy with his estranged wife in 2021. Additionally, an unidentified friend of the pair shared the statement with the outlet regarding the relation. They said they met up in the States before, uh, which got people in the industry talking, and now are meeting London while they're both here. Uh, they've clearly hit it off. But they, I'm sorry, but they also both share relatively recent bereavements and have the common bond between them. Whatever it is that has brought them together, and however unlikely it seems, they are both single and having fun despite the fairly big age gap. Additionally, social media react, uh, reactions to the rumored couple have been mixed. Some internet users um, have made light of the unlikely pair. Uh, <clears throat> do you see an issue here, Linnea? <laughs> I see the internet doing what the internet does creating a story mm -hmm. that we know absolutely nothing about right um they are in this they are in circles that move a certain way and you don't know how people connect and why they connect um, and it can really just be a friendship. Yeah. Period. You don't know how they know each other. You don't know how long they've known each other. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they worked on anything together, but in any event, um, even if they are, that's their business. Mm -hmm. That's their business. Yeah. I don't give two rats patooties. Um, you know about that you know everybody went crazy when Cher was dating that young dude mm -hmm. people people I don't know it's this thing that people need to they got to create these stories for clickbait you know so they can you know get them numbers but I mean if 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 if, if uh if Bill like milkshakes then go ahead Bill go ahead get all of the milkshakes you want Bill drink all. all of them drink it all Bill get it all on you get wet <laughs> Chike, your thoughts. <clears throat> love is love. If if that's what it is, then that's what it is. Ain't none of my business. I agree. I agree. Teach his own. Yeah. Teach his own. Our last story. So after Britney Grinder uh was recently harassed by a YouTuber asked if she still wants to boycott America, the WNBA has released a statement addressing the incident. While the Phoenix Mercury Center, Britney Grinder, um, and her teammates made their way through the Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport on Saturday morning. She was verbally harassed by a comedian and Blaze Media YouTuber, Alex Stein, asking if she wanted to boycott America. The incident occurred as Griner and her mates uh, walked through the airport on their way to Indiana after playing a couple of games in Arlington, Texas. Stein, a Dallas native who has gained 
some amount of notoriety from for confronting politicians, reporting himself, criticizing the eight-time All-Star, specific, uh, specifically questioning her American patriotism, especially after being involved in America-Russia uh, prisoner swap with uh, Russian arms dealer Victor Bout on December 8th, 2022. Before being restrained by security during his run-in with Griner, uh, Stein brought up some of her past comments. He asked the WNBA baller, hey, Britt, do you want to boycott America, Brittany? Some in the background responded to Stein's comments saying, you're weird, bro. He quickly clapped back, I'm weird, why? She hates America. What about the merchant of death? It's uh, reported that when Stein questioned Griner's uh, American patriotism, he was most likely referring to when she called for the removal of the national anthem, which was at the height of the Black Lives Matter movement in 2020. Following the incident, the WNBA did release a statement. In part, they said, as we gather additional information about today's incident at the Dallas airport, it's come to our attention that this was orchestrated by a social media figure and provocateur. Uh, his actions were inappropriate and unfortunate. Um, then they went on to talk about how they put things, when Brittany decided to come back to the league, they put things in place for her um, to make sure that she was safe, especially after everything happened in Russia. Then the Phoenix Mercury also shared a statement. They said, we are reviewing the incident that took place today at the Dallas airport. The health and well-being of our players and staff are our top priority. We'll always take every step within our power to protect uh, player safety. And then it talked about how they're committed to supporting BG and advocating for American hostages abroad, et cetera. So what is this thing? Because I see, you know, there was a um, YouTuber who was arrested because he went into someone's house that he didn't know just for the for the recording and just went. And the, and the people looked at him like, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? What, why is it people willing to do so much just for this notoriety? Like, what are your thoughts on this, Jika? So I want to shout out uh, Serge from uh, Truth So Souped. Uh, I did an interview with him yesterday. And uh, in our discussion, we talked about uh, our fellow, uh, our colleagues in the podcast world. And some of these individuals need to take a journalism class mm -hmm. because some of their antics is purely about getting the click. Yeah, It's purely about sensationalism. And it's not about the integrity of journalism at all. Mm -hmm. um, just, it, 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 it actually gives podcasters a bad name in some circles. Like it's, it's just, it's horrible. So the going for the sensationalism and, and doing anything that you can, you know, going for the dirt, getting the shock, you know, the pow. People are connected to the other side of that. And you give no regard as to how you make that fellow human feel. All you worried about is the like or the click or the subscribe. Mm -hmm. People are connected to that. Maybe people will be more willing to talk to you if you treat them with dignity, like okay. a human. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that, um, if I was in, in yourself, if we were both out here looking for the sensational stories and not caring about the subjects that we speak with, I think that a lot less people will be willing to talk to us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Linnea, what are your thoughts on these people doing these crazy things just for the clicks? 
you're antagonizing, you're aggravating, you're instigating, you're provoking. And when somebody that you don't know has had a day that you don't know about and kills your ass, then what? People are going to grieve and be mad at that person. But why are you not mad at the person who started all of it? Why is that person not being held accountable for their actions? Because of your actions, there was a reaction to your action. And I don't, I don't think it was Chike and I think it was um, my boyfriend and I, we talked, maybe it was Chike. We talked about these pop-up podcasters and how you have all these podcasters now popping up and people thinking that they gurus and new rules and no rules and all kinds of rules. And y'all don't even have any coof about you. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to speak, you know, in regards to topics, you talk over each other, you talk at each other, you talk through each other, instead of really having a conversation. Yeah. People fall victim to these, to these, to these people who don't really know what it is to be a true journalist and to really understand the craft and be in the craft. And there's one thing to be passionate about something. It's another thing to be ignorant and think that you know when you really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's aggravating. And I, I just saw something about Derek, Derek Jackson. <laughs> Women still pawn over this man after, after he's broken this mm-hmm. woman down. Women still pawn over him. He is still like at the top of, of, oh, I need to get, I'm going to get him and I'm going to change him because he's talking to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people get trapped in this, in this, this e-life and it's not real. Come to the real world and right. come outside of all this and see how you survive mm-hmm. and how you fare. But it's mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Um, I know you can't walk up in my crib and I don't know you. Right. I think you're gonna be comfortable because I don't give a damn if it ain't a stand your ground, you trespassing. Mm-hmm. And, and and law says if you trespassing on my property, I have the right to defend my property. Period. Mm-hmm. And I think that that situation with um a famous female rapper and a podcaster that suit. I thought that that is, is, is the start of a different kind of precedent. Mm-hmm. So people need to be aware and, and be woke. <laughs> yeah. She had to file bankruptcy. How about that? But she, but she still, the crazy part about it is she's still flipping off at the mouth. Yeah, though. I saw that. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Like she's still, so, so you ain't learned your lesson. Mm-hmm. it's one thing to have an opinion it's another thing to say something that you're going to state that you say is a fact right there's a difference and she's still flipping off the lip and you think that that you think that that bankruptcy going to save you that's what it is Mm -hmm. you think it's going to save you I I wouldn't let up off of that ass not never (laughs) me either yeah 
Yeah. Well, listen, guys, thank you so much for Hot Topics. Um, Lania, as always, have a great one. Chica, I see your movie reviews. When we come back, singer-songwriter, Shyline. We're back after this.
this grave Love outweighs struggles and pain Hold me close, don't let go No one even has to know Say yes, say no But no, my love's real for sure Say yes, say no
Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Our next guest is a model, actress, singer, songwriter, and producer from Arlington, Texas, who recently released her new single, Glowing. Please help me welcome the talented Shylon. Welcome to the show. Peace. Thank you for having me. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So I was reading up on you. You've done some great things already. But tell us kind of how you got your start. You know, you're from Arlington. Uh, how did that help influence your music and, and just the work that you're doing now? Wow. Well, um, I started in the church, actually. Uh, just like you, I read your story, actually. And um, yeah, I was influenced by the music in the choir and just the, the showmanship and the lights and the camera action. Yeah. But years after that, I would also find myself putting on shows from my family, <laughs> uh, performing at like the family reunion talent show and things like that. Uh, later on in life, I learned to play the viola and the alto saxophone and then joined like you the school choir <laughs> yeah. yeah joined the school choir and um I've just been writing ever since and singing ever since but I really got my start after after um exploring the modeling and acting uh, industry or entertainment industry as a model and actress so I began to model when I was 18 years old okay. and toured the nation for three years. After that, wow. came back. I moved to New York, Chicago, LA, Madrid. I finally came home and decided that, um, that I would perform for a living, which is my true love. So um, I use the modeling and acting as a, uh, a foundation, a platform right. yeah. for me to be confident yeah, and get on stage. So how did how did that modeling and acting, how did it prepare you? Obviously, you were exposed to a lot traveling and living in different uh, states and even a different country. How did it prepare you uh, for the music? Wow. Yeah. So I got to see so many different cultures and meet so many different people and just learn how to communicate and adapt and um, just be in the environment of just uniqueness um, mm -hmm. that were different to me so that helped me to not be so shy on stage which yeah. is my nickname <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah that helped me not to be so shy and then also I experienced a lot of rejection in the yeah. industry which really helped me to gain that inner strength and not allow for myself to be nervous or concerned about what other people have to say mm -hmm. about me yeah. or my art um, because I had to learn to love myself definitely exactly. in, the, in the modeling industry. I mean, yeah. and even though it's not about whether they, you know, think you're the most beautiful or not, it's really just about if you fit your character. But as a model and actress, a lot of times we take that personally. Yeah. Like, am, I, am I enough? Am I this? Right. Am I that? So that really helped me to gain some self-confidence and boost my self-esteem as well. So Prior to the modeling and traveling, who are some of your early influences musically? So, um, back to the church. Donna McClurkin, mm -hmm. uh, Whitney Houston. Oh, my goodness. She was really the, the main one who changed everything for me. The GOAT, yeah. Yeah, model, actress, singer. She had mm -hmm. it all. Beautiful voice and soul and being mm -hmm. just... Yeah. So, her... Uh, Voice to men, even. I saw you did an interview with Sean Stockman. Yeah, so, I did. 
Yeah, voice to men was huge. Even though I had no idea what they were experiencing, I just felt what they were putting what they were mm-hmm. putting out to music. So they were one of my greatest influences early on. I think that that kind of sums up generally who yeah. Yeah. Did you so did you find that the type of music that you wanted to do, did it change after you had the, that exposure, modeling, traveling the world? Did it change or did it broaden what you already you know were interested in how did that kind of develop yeah it definitely changed yeah Um, I was all about just regular R&B before um but in gospel because I was Mm. kind of sheltered but uh, after traveling the world I got to see a lot of things that were similar in um just the human experience all over the world yeah. And I saw that, you know, some things that we're all needing and desiring, just like peace <laughs> above mm-hmm. all, mm-hmm. Um, love, just to be respected as ourselves, you know. So my lyrical content definitely um, was inspired by things I've experienced. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we hear a lot about the model industry, you know, a lot of people think it's superficial and whatnot, but you don't come across that at all. So how did you stay grounded and stay uh, you and grow um, after experiencing that experience, you know, those experiences traveling and modeling and and acting? I mean, honestly, I was was bullied early on in my life. And that's really what has kept me grounded moving forward. I came from a place where I wasn't loved or appreciated and so my whole life all I've just wanted to do is make sure that other people do feel appreciated and loved and respected Mm -hmm. and valued and worthy so um Mm -hmm. so that's how I've been able to honestly just knowing where I come from Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah knowing where I'm going to (laughs) you want to make sure to be good to people you know because you never know I've I've had ups and downs you never know where you're going to end up in this life at any given moment and if you've been a nasty person to people, then you could end up in a very dark place. Very true. Very true. Yeah. So in 2022, you released your debut solo album, Spread Love. Yeah. How did it, how did it feel uh, coming out with that album, releasing that debut album? It felt amazing. You see the smile on my face? It's genuine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a genuine smile because it, it feels so great. Um, I've only dreamed about this. And I really didn't even dream about that. It, it really just came out of nowhere, I was writing music and decided I wanted to work with certain people, released mm-hmm. one single and wrote some more songs and was like, oh, let me release these. And and just was like, I have an album here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so it was great. I got a lot of love for, from my community here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and from a community that is, you know, in different cities and countries. Um, I sold, I, I sold out of my first round of vinyl records. <laughs> I got oh, yeah. edition records and yeah, I sold out and found out at a later date that uh, two of my songs off my debut album charted in the Netherlands. iTunes on Spread Love. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Spread Love was one of them and my song Peace was Peace. the other. Yeah, they were four and five. I was, I felt so honored and I have no idea how that happened, <laughs> but super great. That's the amazing thing about when you put out music, you never know who's listening. I remember I had put out a single years ago and the first person that bought it was in Japan. I was like, really? <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. You just never know. You never know. And that's the beauty of, that's how music can touch people, you know? Yes. 
what is your process for creating new music? Like, you know, I know you're right, obviously. Do you, how do you, well, you tell me, what's your process for uh, create, creating a song? There's a few different ways. Um, you know, sometimes I'll just be driving in the car and I might be listening to some instrumental music, honestly, on like Spotify or something. Yeah. And, um, I'll just be like, oh, I like that. I like the vibe it's, it's giving. And I'm like, let me put this on repeat. I'm just going to write a song. Yeah. <laughs> um, other times I'll be very deliberate about writing a song. I'll sit down, I'll set the vibe and I will either pick up my guitar mm-hmm. and, you know, fiddle around with it until I find something that feels good and then sing to it. And just, it really just comes like from a, I want to say a spiritual, but like it just yeah. feels supernatural sometimes. Like it's just like, this is meant to be said right now. This thing needs to be said. Mm-hmm. And so I find the music to go with that and, and write. Other other times I will find I'll gotta have a beat, excuse me, tongue twisted. Yeah. I'll get beat, um off YouTube or beat stars or something, and I'll just sit down and write to it. Only if it feels good, of course. Right. Yeah, I'll, yeah. So that's just the gist of it, generally. So when you're recording the album, uh your so your uh, debut album, Spread Love. How did you know the record was complete? How did you know, okay, this is ready to go out? Um, Well, I listened to it (laughs) from start to finish and felt like I had a soundtrack Mm -hmm. to my life for the current moment and not just to my life, but to the world. I feel like I had the world's soundtrack. This is it. It feels good, not just musically, but lyrically. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you know, mixing mastering was on point. I don't know. It just it just rained in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. So now you have a new single, Glowing. Yes. Yes, we'll play that after uh, this interview. Uh, Tell us about the song. I know you said it's a song about stepping into your own power and realizing your impact. Yes. About that. Yes. Um, I was going through a moment of social anxiety. Um, believe it or not, after the bullying thing, there might yeah. always be a little tiny little voice that might kind of question, you know, yeah. is, am I, is everything okay? And so I was going through that and talked to my husband about that. Love my hubby, best friend. Um, <laughs> gotta and, have that. <laughs> yes, yes, gotta have that support. And he was my strong friend that day. And he was just like, babe, people are looking at you and admiring you. And, and it's because you're beautiful. It's because you're nice. It's because you're glowing. It's not because anything is wrong with you, you know? Um, And that's something that I found that a lot of people struggle with, believe it or not. Um, Because I am usually that girl who's like, or that woman who's like, you look amazing. What are you talking about? No, you look great in that outfit. No, your hair is fine because people beat themselves up so much. Mm -hmm. Um, But that day it was me in that seat and my husband was there for me. So I wrote that song and I did so to share that sentiment with everyone. It's something he said to me, but it's also something that I firmly believe for others. And so that's what it came from. Coming off of uh, your debut album, putting out a new single, did did you feel that same momentum? Do you feel like, yes, new music? Yes, yes, yes. Every time. Yeah. Um, I'm always, you know, I always have a little bit of butterflies. I don't know if mm-hmm. you feel the same. When you right. it, but because uh, you just don't know how people are going to receive it. It's your art. It's your baby. And you just mm-hmm. want all the best. But I felt great because I knew 
that I'm putting on a good message that is going to resonate with somebody somewhere and hopefully lift them up. So I wasn't worried about how many people heard it. I mean, that is an important factor, you know, or like if it's going to chart or not, or, you know, it it was just, I know that somebody somewhere is going to get the message. It's going to help them in some way. So I felt great. Yeah. You made it from an authentic place. So it it will touch somebody. Well, I know that you're preparing to release your uh, sophomore album, uh, Me Time, Volume 1, next year. What can we expect? I know you're still probably working on it, but what can we expect? Beautiful. You can expect self-love, sweet messages in your own ear, reminding you that you're worthy, you're valuable, you're enough just as you are. Which is just, I think it's just a theme that's going to be ongoing for me mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's just the the struggle that I came from, you know, yeah. so many messages to all the people all over the world. So, um, yeah, you're going to hear that. You're going to hear some growth, too, from me. Um, this last, this first album, of course, being my first, I did things as smoothly and simple and not mm-hmm. too busy, you know, but this one I'll get a little bit more. Okay. You know, yeah yeah Yeah. writing these type of songs um empowering songs do you feel that that has been therapeutic for you and you know coming through your own uh bullying struggles as a child and you know coming up yeah yeah definitely and um it's not just the bullying as a child like I've dealt with things even as an adult I mean things that we go through as a woman or as a person of color or, or, you know, a beautiful people that people hate, a beautiful person people hate on or a talented person or all kinds of things. So yeah, it's definitely very therapeutic. It's me pouring out and just being like, I hate that I'm going through this at the moment, but I wonder how I could overcome this. Let's talk this through. And and this is fun. <laughs> Definitely doing that. The new single is called Glowing. It's available wherever you buy your music. Where can we keep up with all the wonderful things you have going on and up and to come? Yes. Well, I definitely have a dot com. So Shylon.com, S-H-A-I-L-A-U-N. And definitely on Instagram. Check me out. I'll post a lot of my live uh, music snippets from there and upcoming shows. And YouTube youtube.com yeah i mean i'm on all major platforms spotify apple title you name it so just type in my name and i'll be there (laughs) listen our thanks goes out to shyline for joining us tonight her new single going is available wherever you buy your music and for more information please visit our website the stevennightshow.com and we will be right back somewhere feels like everybody's watching you and every little thing you do every little way you move something's not right could it be that i didn't fix my hair why would they even care about mine i don't know why they keep looking my way what could it be? Why are they staring at me? I wish they'd turn away Maybe it's cause you're nice 
from my perspective It's all subjective Beauty's in the eye of the beholder Take a look at your reflection And don't worry about perfection Love who's in the mirror and then hold her You should know why They keep looking your way And why they choose you again and again And cannot turn away Maybe it's cause you're nice Maybe it's cause you're beautiful Or maybe they're just too shy to let you know
Welcome back to the Stephen Nice Show. Adam, how's it going? Hey, it's going great, Stephen. How are you guys? How'd y'all fare up there? I didn't think I asked you again. I don't know if you got to put that uh, orange uh, smoke and did, did you get that? Yeah, yeah. we did. It was, uh, yeah, it was crazy. We uh, stayed in, not stayed inside, but, you know, we wear, wore a mask. It was like the reverse of COVID, right? Like you're wearing a mask outside. Yeah. And when you go inside, you can like breathe and be fine. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it was kind of a, so it was a wild two days of just being like seeing this fog and like you could smell it outside and um, uh -huh. Yeah, I'm glad it passed over, but uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't good. I don't know if, you, did any of it make it down there? I didn't see it, but some people said they saw it. I didn't see it, though, but Ms. Parker, I, we went to lunch on Friday. She was supposed to be going to D.C. last weekend, but she canceled it because of that. So she's going to well, postpone it. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, by Saturday, it was fine, so. That's uh, what I heard. I heard it was, yeah. It was, yeah. Well, you know, the latest thing here is that 95 collapsed, so. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw on the uh, there was someone on Twitter that posted, I guess, you know, news reports going off, and uh, someone said, Oh, yeah, we lost the World Series, we lost the Super Bowl. Philly's just taking L's this year, so yeah, <laughs> that's sad, well, but true. right? I'll let y'all take away movie reviews. 
Sure thing. So I saw this weekend a movie called Blackberry, and it's a film that came out about a month ago, but it follows the story of uh, Research in Motion, the company that created the Blackberry device. And it's kind of like a, I guess, a dramatized based on a true story kind of film following three time points in uh, research in motion's history. One is when the tech founders were trying to get new customers and get a device, and then they get joined by this uh, business salesperson type that just got fired from his job. And so he decides to join them and invest in the company and really help market what became kind of the first BlackBerry uh, to a point in 2003 where we see kind of BlackBerry's taking off, it's becoming popular, but now they're like looking out how to expand it, how to make it more kind of the the device, the mobile device that everyone wants and how they can market it and it becoming, you know, what people would call it the Crackberry and everything like that uh, up to 2007, right? When iPhone got announced and like their reaction to the industry and it's uh, not not too much spoilers per se, but it was interesting to see the tech founder, one of the tech guys was very convinced that the iPhone was just not going to do anything. He said, you know, people want actual keyboards. They don't care about having just a single screen. We are going to cater to this. And BlackBerry did actually like grow until about 2012 uh, after the iPhone. But it was, uh, it's definitely a fun watch. It's very interesting. It has the main person is Glenn Howerton, who is, uh, who plays Dennis and Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So he did a good job playing the business executive. And there's a few other names in there, but all in all, it's a fun movie. It's one of those like tech movies where, you know, kind of like those Steve Jobs movies that came out a little while ago where you get to see like, I didn't have a BlackBerry, but it's, I everyone knew BlackBerry, right? Like there was a time in the mm -hmm. mid in the 2000s where everyone knew what a BlackBerry was. It was kind of cool. It was the status symbol. Uh, it was what people had and what people dealt with. And even in the business sense, what people were using for such a long time. And mm -hmm. it's crazy to see now that they don't, they're not even in the phone market anymore. They don't make phones, they do other things, but uh, from becoming one of the biggest phone manufacturers and producers in the world to like nothing, it's, it's an interesting story to watch. So highly recommend it. I've got it on Amazon prime. You can rent it for like five bucks. And, uh, yeah, I, love my, I love my blackberry <laughs> yeah yeah it, it was like and they knew how to like market it as like they t in one scene they're telling their business people or their marketing department and sales people to go out to the country clubs and go out to all the fancy places and always have your blackberry in hand you know there's a scene this guy playing tennis with one hand and his blackberry in the other he's like start that conversation people are going to ask what that is they're going to want it they're going to see it and they're going to think it's something exclusive so i it's yeah it has some kind of fun innovative like things that you see that happen in history uh and granted i will say you know all these stories you gotta read the real story they do condense the timelines they do kind of merge a few things to uh get to their point but uh, yeah it's it's such an interesting time in history mm -hmm. nice so the first film I saw was it's well it's technically it's a, a, a mini series. It's called How to Create a Sex Scandal, and it's about a small Texas town, and they actually have a swingers club in the small town, and the swingers of the town go to the club so they can do their swinging activities, and it's all fun and games until someone reports abuse in the 
swingers club and the abuse is with children. So the story is that they have children dancing on poles and people are having sex with young children. And these are the reports to the police and the police do their investigation. And this is over a series, it breaks down over uh, episodes. And without giving it away, it's building up to a twist and a climactic ending. So you have to watch it, it's pretty interesting. It's a true story. And um, yeah, it's a little twisted, not a lot of twisted actually, but um, definitely uh, check it out. It's worth the watch. Again, it's a true story and just watching it, thinking that this is what's going on in this country. This is what people are occupying their time with. So definitely check it out. Wow. The next film I saw, it came out in 2012, but I had never seen it. I had heard about it, but I had never seen it, never saw a promo for it or anything. And this is uh, Steel Magnolias, the uh, melanin version. And this has uh, Queen Latifah, Jill Scott, Felicia Rashad, Alfre Woodard, and Condola Rashad. It was pretty good. And I remember the, the original Steel Magnolias, and I was basically following it along to see if the storyline was going to be similar. And um, it very much was. And they, had, they found a way to bring it into modern day, and it didn't lose any. So I definitely recommend if you haven't seen it, check it out. I think it was on Lifetime, Lifetime Network. Um, it's a good, good movie. And the last film that I saw, I'll tell you up front that I'm actually surprised that I liked it because it starred Nicolas Cage and it also stars Nicholas Holt. Uh, people know who Nicolas Cage is. Nicholas Holt, if you don't know him, he plays Beast in the X-Men movies. Uh, so well-known and I've said it here, I'm just not a Nicolas Cage fan. I just, and, but I figured out something. So the only other film that I like Nicolas Cage in is Face Off. It must be something about the distortion of his face that I can tolerate seeing him in the movie. I just, I, like, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm just not a Nicolas Cage fan, but I really did enjoy Renfield. It was funny. It was, it had moments of horror, it was gory. It was in action. So it had a lot of stuff in it. So basically Nicolas Cage is Count Dracula and he finds his faithful, humble servant Renfield uh, centuries ago and he's under Dracula's spell. And basically, if you don't know the story of Dracula, Renfield is the human that does the bidding for Dracula when he's in slumber during the day. So Renfield, you know, collects the bodies. He has, you know, bodies there for Dracula when he wakes up. You know, he does the tending to the business of Dracula. He tends to the home. He does, he's basically his man Friday. And so in this one, uh, it starts off with Renfield having a dilemma of conscience because he wants to leave Dracula. So he's in a self-help group for people in abusive relationships. And he's not telling his group who he's in a relationship with. He's just listening to all these stories, trying to get empowered, listening to these other people pull away from their abusers. So then he has the bright idea of, oh, I can kill two birds with one stone. All these people that have these abusers, I can feed the, their abusers to Dracula <laughs> and help everyone in the group. 
<laughs> and this is how it starts. I won't tell you the rest, but it's a roller coaster ride from then on. Uh, I, I will say Nicolas Cage is wonderful as Dracula. He's even funny. Um, but for most of the film, his face is distorted. So <laughs> I can tolerate it. <laughs> but it's definitely a good watch. So yeah. uh, check it out. Okay. Glad you liked it. That looked like a good one. And looked up yeah, your alley too. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. And they coming out of the pipeline? The Flash. Yeah, I know. Chike's waiting for Flash. Uh you know, I don't nothing's really jumping out at me, but maybe I'll maybe I'll break down and watch the Flash. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, always thank you for letting us know what to spend our time and money on and what not to. Have a great week and I'll see you in a couple weeks. Alright, thanks. Alright. Alright. Yeah, Dre shit. Yeah. Just that soulful shit I be talking about, bro. Facts. PA Dre, what up? Let's get to it. Look. I'm out west, yelling Jersey like I'm close to home. Was on the block like Moses, this ain't Post Malone. We quoting poems that we never had to plagiarize. Step into Goliath till I bring him down to David's size. A shake and fries, a complimented if you talking beef. Penny per thought is even less when your talk is cheap. These subtleties are befuddled. Nigga, walk with me. Even when I got the pen sealed, they won't sharpen me. They tell the tales like these shits are really cautionary. The flow water, but really I'll be off you fairies, nothing's arbitrary I put that on my mama's soul I'm a man before my sisters play my mama's role And I'm the cold, so don't stress where that diamond is Watching me maneuver like I'm a strong with the Heimlich is King of my city if you ask, but they saying them The man trying to give me the keys that I gave to him I played it with and told Lee I'm talking honest Plus I got a few bucks like I'm middle ten and Giannis the road was turbulent, I know to be a little bumpy I ain't Johnson, but this rap shit got me living comfy I get it monthly like, what you in the sentence with? Rap niggas is goofy, they always on some friendly shit But turn your back and like honor, yeah they been a dick Fuck them though, let's appreciate this penmanship Let's appreciate this penmanship Yeah, talk to Hey yo Hey, yo. One time for all of the soldiers who never folded and did what they were supposed to do. It's only your chosen few that I can show devotion to. It's hard not getting emotional, cause you stayed solid despite everything you was going through. Was the definition to show and prove. Can't believe you're gone, but I know it's true. So I sing your song in the vocal booth. I wanna be close to you, so I pour out some liquor in the cracks of the concrete where the roses bloom. You was my ace since the playground. Dreamt of running this rap shit. Giving the industry a shakedown Standing at your grave mound Feeling guilty cause shit's starting to shake now This ain't at all I was supposed to play out Just know your memory is well protected Rarely aggressive but when it comes to the similes I'm well respected Pouring my soul through a pencil tip If you listening, then I hope you appreciating the penmanship Yeah Sold through a pencil tip. If you listening, then I hope you appreciating the penmanship. PC, what up? Let's appreciate this penmanship.
Hey, everybody, it's Charles Jenkins, and you're listening to The Stephen Knight Show. Welcome back to The Stephen Knight Show. Now it's time to highlight our Black-owned business. It is the Busy Bee Cafe, located in downtown Atlanta. It's another addition to our roundup of amazing Black-owned restaurants in Atlanta. The Busy Bee Cafe serves up classic Southern dishes, providing their loyal fan base with top-notch comfort food. So check them out. There'll be a link in the bio of this video. Special shout out to Shyline for joining us tonight. Get her new single. It's available where you buy your music. And have a great week. See you soon. Good night. Get there.